food chain. These three whales occasionally stopped eating to scratch their ungainly snouts on the gravelly bottom for relief from the whale lice and barnacles infesting their skin. Ironically, it was these itchy pests that would deliver them from the first of many death traps they would encounter over the next several months. Since time immemorial, local Inuits, they used to call themselves Eskimos, and did not take offense when others did too, built an entire subsistence civilization around the whale upon whom they depended for survival. Over the centuries, they acquired a taste for the much tastier bowhead whale. The bowhead's clean, glossy, sleek skin made far better eating than the unsightly and unappetizing California gray. While the barnacles annoyed these three greys, the tiny pests were nothing compared to one local Eskimo hunter. Despite a five-foot-three-inch frame, his prowess as a whaling captain earned him the nickname Malik, which in his Inupiat language means Little Big Man. He spent most of his sixty-odd years roaming the always oscillating ice shelf off Point Barrow in search of the bowhead. Most older Eskimos, like many other peoples only recently introduced to the Western calendar, can't tell you exactly how old they are. Until recently, whales were the only food source plentiful enough to feed all the people who lived at the frozen and forlorn top of the world. The bounty from a typical sixty-foot bowhead whale could feed a standard-size Inuit village for an average year. Outsiders called Malik's job subsistence whaling. But one man's subsistence whaler is another man's cowboy. By early September 1988, Barrow's whaling captains were starting to worry about what was turning into a dismal fall hunt. No one from the area had caught a whale since spring, and winter, which comes quickly in the Arctic, was nearly upon them. And when winter comes here, it doesn't come empty-handed. It brings with it six months of some of the world's coldest temperatures and sixty-seven days of absolute darkness. In Barrow, Alaska, the sun sets every November 17th and doesn't rise again until January 21st of the following year. Temperatures of 50 degrees below zero are not unusual. Factor in the howling winds that whip down from the North Pole or across the Beaufort and Chukchi seas from Siberia at speeds of up to 100 miles an hour, and the windchill reading can drop to 175 degrees below zero. Of course, Alaskans don't bother with wind chills. The ambient readings are bad enough. As any Alaskan knows, the 49th state has only two seasons, winter and damned late in the fall. This gets less funny the farther north you travel in Alaska, and Barrow is as far north as you can get. Barrowans proudly called their town the top of the world. For all intents and purposes, it was. Located 320 miles north of the Arctic Circle, it could be reached only by air, except for two or three weeks in the summer, when the ice receded far enough for a thick-hulled supply ship to get through. Authors note, the current town of Barrow derived its modern name from Point Barrow, America's northernmost point, named by English explorer Frederick Beechey in 1825 to honor British Admiral Sir John Barrow. The Inupiat name for Barrow is Akpigvik, or Place Where Snowy Owls Are Hunted.
Maybe that's why the name Barrow is now used by all. Malik and his people have called Barrow home since their forebears first paddled, walked, or skated across the Bering Sea from Siberia as long as 25,000 years ago. These intrepid seafarers came in nimble open boats made of dried walrus or sealskin, called umyaks. These were certainly among the first people to have permanently settled in North America. Whether they displaced anyone else is not known, so they call themselves the first Americans, and who can blame them? By 1988, there were a little more than 3,000 people living in Barrow, around 2,700 of whom claimed to descend in some degree from those original explorers. On the night of September 16, 1988, Malik assembled his six-man whaling crew outside Sam and Lee's on Natchik Street, advertised as the world's northernmost Chinese restaurant.